until something becomes a big enough burden that now it is limiting you from doing the things that you want to do or that you need to do, you're not going to address it. Bill Small. And I'm Miles Hansen. Welcome to The Subtle Art of Not Yelling, a weekly podcast for creatives about the creative process. Learn how to finish what you start, ship your work, and build a business without being the loudest on the block. Less Less noise, noise, more. Today's guest is dedicated to helping you take control of your health with exercise and education and access to state-of-the-art physical therapy and fitness content online anywhere in the world. Please join us for a conversation with Doctor of Physical Therapy, Craig Lindell. It was funny, I, you know, I always try to look somebody up before I get, you know, we <laughs> start doing this. Um, and uh, I just, I love everything that I have seen and read so far about what you're doing i think it's hilarious that you and miles met on the golf course (laughs) well thank you and (laughs) it it is quite ironic um but hey some of the some of the best people that you'll ever meet in your life are on the golf course and so my uncle always taught me he taught me how to golf and uh we've had some good times and got to celebrate miles he got his first hole in one it's ridiculous i think he he spoke it it into existence um because we played (laughs) i think we played literally within a week of it happening and we're like halfway through the round he's like you want to know what i love about this course every hole is an opportunity for a hole in one i was like i haven't thought of it that way but you know what that couldn't be more accurate (laughs) then next thing you know he texts me a photo and he's like i got one i was like unreal That's fantastic. No, so I'm just going to start speaking it into existence every time I play. And then, you know, sometime, yeah. hopefully Miles passes off the luck. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to tap into well, the magic. That's right. <laughs> Secret sauce. I'm also excited to have a, a fellow Jersey boy on the podcast. Yes. What part of Jersey uh, are you from? Uh, well, the other part, North Jersey, um, just outside of Manhattan, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I'm right over the bridge from Philadelphia in South Jersey. Okay. And, you know, it's kind of yeah. like uh, it's two states. Either you're from South Jersey or North Jersey. I don't think anyone says It is amazing how, how different it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's either like you're Philadelphia or you're New York. It's kind of how it comes down right. to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Which city do you go in to eat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, so how did you get from South Jersey to starting this uh, amazing uh, prehab business? Yeah, uh, I drove to California. That was step one. <laughs> um, yeah, I drove the drove the Southern California. Well, even taking a step back before that, uh, I went to Penn State for undergrad, and. I wanted to have a good time and uh, I thought I was going to like try to go to med school. Uh, my grandfather was a Navy medical doctor. Grandparents were very big on me um, trying to be an engineer or a doctor. I was like, okay, that makes sense. 
Um, but then I get to school, I meet with the advisor, kind of tell me what the first semester of classes is. And I'm like, I don't know if that's going to work. Um, that kind of sounds like a lot. I don't know if I'm ready for that commitment at this point in time. I learned about kinesiology. I was like, sounds cool. This is like movement science. I can be a movement doctor. And I got into golf towards the end of undergrad. And at that point, I was like, oh, gung-ho, golf. Okay, I'll be a golf physical therapist. I will do anything and everything golf. And I realized that I can't play golf 12 months out of the year on the East Coast of New Jersey or Pennsylvania. So at that point, I was applying to PT schools in Florida or California. And then I heard back from USC, and my mom was like, there's no humidity there. You have to experience it. You'll love golf even more. And then checked it out. Uh, drove out there. That was quite the cool experience. Um, I started PT school at the University of Southern California in the fall of 2014. And that's where I met my business partners, Mike and Raj. And uh, we started PT school together. Uh, we got through the first year. And then the first year was very exciting. It was a lot of orthopedic and sports, um, kind of learning the things that we wanted to learn. But then moving into the second year, Got into different coursework. It was like heavy cardiopulmonary. It was heavy neurological. It wasn't the most exciting stuff. And at the same time, my business partners and I, uh, you know, we became close friends. Uh, the, the group was like maybe one third guys, two third girls. So there's only about 25, 30 guys. So we'd always hang out and, you know, you'd have, during class breaks, you'd look at social media or talk about, you know, what's happening on the internet. And you would just see trash, uh, garbage on Instagram when it comes to like, hey, how to take care of your body or how to get out of pain. And really the only social proof at that point was how does your body look? So if someone has a six pack, if someone looks like they're really in shape, then it looks like they know a thing or two. Um, because Instagram was just, and social media landscape was a very different scene at that point. More importantly, uh, during our first year of school, it was like an echo chamber. We thought that you could heal the world. Anyone and everyone that walked in the door, oh, uh, physical therapy is for you. I can help you out. But we would go home on break and we would talk to family or friends about what it is that we're studying, what it is that we're doing. And no one had a clue what physical therapy was compared to what we thought it was. It was like this identity crisis. I'm like, dude, my friends, like, is that what they actually think I'm doing out here? Um, so with those two things in mind, it was like, okay, let's change the perspective of physical therapy. Let's actually increase awareness and educate the public about what this profession is actually capable of doing. And more importantly, uh, we have to make it sexy. We have to make it engaging. Like that is, that is what's trending on social media. How do we do this? How do we make this cool? Um, and we were very much so focused on prevention at that time because that's really what, um, at least our class and what PT school was talking about is, hey, work upstream. Um, we can really fix a lot of problems. We can avoid surgery. We can avoid pain medications if we just connect with people at the right time. We're like, all right, um, we like this word prehab, preventative rehab. And I was like, all right, well, how do we incorporate that? And then it was like, well, hey, we're the prehab guys. And we just started publishing content January of 2016. And we had one rule. We just had to post once a day, every single day. That was like, the, that was the business operating agreement at that time. As long as all three of us commit to posting once a day, every single day and rotating, this should work out. 
Um, and long and behold, you know, uh, seven and a half years later, we're very fortunate to have the platform that we have. Um, but more importantly, now there's a different reason for why we exist. It's not just educating the public about what PT is about. It is being able to provide a product, um, being able to provide a service to people that would really benefit from it. And that is what has cultivated over the last seven and a half years is everything that we've wanted to do. Well, now we have it. You know, I meet Miles on the golf course, we're golfing, having a good time. His back is kind of tight on him. And it's like, dude, just, hey, try this out. I'll send you a link. Just sign up. Um, and it's like in the same exercises in education as if you were to see a really good PT in person. Just let me know how it goes. I don't. I don't really need to walk him through it. I just kind of need to tell him, hey, check out the low back programs. And let me know what you think. And to be in a place that I have full confidence in something that we've designed and that we've built, to just be able to give to people, that is peace of mind. Um, because I have family and friends on the East Coast. I have friends all over the country. Um, and you want to help people. But it's like, well, time is like this finite resource. Um, it's really hard to help every single person with direct one-on-one care. It's like, okay, well, hey, try this. I feel really confident that it can and should help. And, uh, you know, that is, it's a, it's a cool and exciting place to be that, um, we have something that is starting to click and work. You know, you really have me wondering, um, back when you started, you said you went home from school. And people didn't really know what you were doing. What did people you what did people think PT was? And then what do you think it is? I would even want to uh, flip the script and ask, what do you think PT is? Well, it's interesting. You know, I'm okay. So I'll tell you what I used to think it was, um, which is maybe what people think is that. It's something you. It's something that my mom did when she, you know, hurt herself, fell down and hurt herself, and before she could come home, she had to do PD, PT. Or people that I know who've been in, you know, bad accidents or things like that, they had to do PT to be able to come home. I never, honestly, I never really thought of it as something that you do proactively. It's always something you do after you've hurt yourself. Spot on. Uh, I mean, those are the two things, right? It's, hey, it's, it's taking care of the aging population or it's, it's truly uh, rehabilitating people that have had uh, really big accidents or like unfortunate events. And physical therapy still is that. Uh, but it's a matter of what we're trying to raise awareness about is, hey, there is a broader spectrum that physical therapy can offer and we can have a huge impact on the world, um, especially in the U.S., because our healthcare system is, unfortunately, at the moment, at the moment, it's predicated on sick care. It's, hey, insurance payers, they can really only justify and they can really only pri- prioritize taking care of people that are in a lot of pain or that feel like their only option is surgery um, or hey, now that you have all these comorbidities and you have these health conditions, okay, now we'll step in and help you out. It is extremely reactive. And what is good to an extent is, hey, we 
uh, we as a healthcare system are getting better at handling conditions and things reactively when it comes to like medicine and surgical techniques. That is where all the research and innovation and technology and uh, finance goes. Um, Because it's a little bit easier to study, but working upstream and focusing on prevention is where we really need to keep focusing our efforts um, before these things even spiral out of control. And we need very expensive medication or we need very expensive surgical techniques. Um, And that is what we're trying to raise awareness about is, hey, an ounce of prevention could be worth a pound of cure. and what if we just got the right people, the right information at the right time so that these aches and pains and, you know, these minor tweaks or these minor injuries don't snowball into, well, now I'm taking medication on a weekly basis just to, just to manage this. Or, hey, I'm actually going to try to schedule a consult with an orthopedic surgeon because I feel like there's no other option at this point. And you know, that's where we feel like we're trying to intervene is, well, if insurance companies are not going to justify helping people that have, you know, one to two or three to four out of 10 pain, well, they can still get help and it can actually, it can actually help prevent this turning into seven, eight, nine, ten 10 out of 10 pain. Um, and that's where we feel like, hey, we are this anti-barrier solution. We can really step in and help the people that are dealing with the common barriers of the healthcare system. I really dig how I was looking at, you have an app and we'll talk more about it before, you know, we're done. But I I love how what I've seen so far focuses both on what you call prehab, right? So doing things to prevent injury and also rehab it, it puts, some of those things like in, in my control, in my hands where maybe, I mean, look at my age, I'm older than y'all. Um, I have had, you know, I've had little injuries. I've had little things happen and, you know, I'll try to do what I can or what I can think of, right. What seems natural to me, but insurance is not going to pay for me to go to PT and I can't pay for that. And I might ask around and see what, you know, what advice I can get, but that's as far as it's going to go. And you taking not just, um, you know, sort of exercise physiology guys, but actual doctors of physical therapy saying, yeah, here, try this, (laughs) you know, and you can do this yourself. That's, that's so empowering for me, you know, as a person who is aging and is going to go through all kinds of stuff and is still active and moving and, you know, hurting myself regularly. Well, we'll make sure that we take care of you, Bill, without a doubt, um, because <laughs> there is a, a large group of the population that is aging. Um, and there's, there's nothing wrong with aging. There's a lot to celebrate about aging. But at the same time, it's, well, you know, there's, a, there's a handful of things that if you focus on, um, you can you can age really well, like a fine bottle of wine. Um, and, you know, we're, we want to be one part of that pillar. Um, yeah, I had a thought, but I forget where I was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, I love that golf was kind of like 
the catalyst for almost everything. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And then um, it's cool to see that you guys were kind of making these observations in, in while you were studying and and learning about these things and practicing them and then observing the world around you and seeing kind of the gaps before it seems like the majority even saw them. Um, one question I have is like, were do you think you guys were kind of the first to take this physical therapy idea and bring it out of in-person and actually on online, so to speak, virtually. Did, did that exist before you guys? From our perspective, everything that we have done over the past seven and a half years is, is innovation to solve a problem because we feel like there isn't an ideal solution out there just yet. You know, in previous podcasts, here's my opportunity to redeem myself. Where people are like, hey, who who inspired you guys? Um, who do you look up to? Because I really think it's um every every even brand new idea, every innovation, well, it's inspired by something. Um, like as humans, we just have the DNA to see patterns and then okay, how can we replicate it, but then how can we optimize it? And I would say one of the leading people at the time that we really got into this was Kelly Starrett, where he really put the idea of these mobility exercises, these physical therapy exercises, these corrective exercises. He really helped to put that on that on the map. This stuff has existed for um, yeah entirety of time, right? It's like What's wild is Miles. Prehab for you is different than prehab for Bill. But the reality is it's it's the same stuff. It's it's movement and exercise. It's what people do for fitness. It's what people do for health. It's what people do for mental health. It's but it's a matter of it's targeted exercise um, in terms of exactly what it is that you're doing, what it is that you're focused on, and timing. So I feel pretty confident that uh, what we're innovating and what we're doing is is not fully matched and we're providing you know a service and uh, really at the end of the day what why we do what it is that we do is because we're trying to redefine access to physical therapy it's not just this product it's not just social media content it's a matter of the biggest problem that we saw that we continue to see today is are not getting the right information at the right time because they don't have access um, physically, financially, um, due to work and responsibility constraints, you name it. Or, hey, they were able to tap into resources, but it just didn't provide the solution that they were looking for. So for us, hey, all of those pain points, all those friction points that you're dealing with that are holding you back from getting the solution that you want, try us because we're just an alternative route to access quality physical therapy, exercise, and education. And I I found my thought, Bill, you brought up a good point. It's like, hey, uh, what's interesting about you guys is, hey, you're called prehab, but you also have a lot of stuff for rehab. And that's just kind of understanding human psychology and human behavior. Um, if I were to ever do a TED talk 
it would be why fix what's not broken. Um, Miles, I feel like we even talked about this stuff when we were golfing. Um, golfing. Hey, a T. If you use a T and you break it, the bottom half. Well, reality is you can still reuse that T because hey, it's it's not fully broken. Um, you're not going to prioritize that until the T completely shatters or you need another T because it still gets the job done. As humans, we all have problems that we're dealing with on a daily basis. And until something becomes a big enough burden that now it is limiting you from doing the things that you want to do or that you need to do, you're not going to address it. So selling this idea of investing in yourself proactively, it's no different than why some people save money and why some people don't save money. It's no different than why when there's a storm coming, some people prepare their house, some people don't prepare their house. It's a matter of prioritizing or what they value. But I'll tell you what, when someone can't golf because their knee hurts, well, they're going to do whatever it takes to sort that out. So that's how a lot of people find us is I'm in pain. I'm looking for a solution. I'm across the prehab guys. All right, let me check out their content. And then throughout that journey, working on their knee, I do a couple of knee exercises. And hey, along the way, these guys actually told me that, hey, my knee bone is actually connected to my hip bone. And also my knee bone is connected to my foot bone. So they had me do some hip exercises. They had me do some foot exercises. And I'll tell you what, my knee feels better. And my hip and foot actually feel better than before. So that was a great experience. Now, whether I'm going to continue prioritizing this or not will determine, am I going to keep doing more knee stuff? Um, am I going to learn a little bit more about my body? And if not, that's okay too. But the reality is, is that if anything ever happens again, we feel confident that, hey, I know this resource that I'm going to keep in my back pocket and tap into again when I need it. So come to rehab, stay the prehab. That's, that's the mindset. Nice. You know, I, I love this so much. And where were you like three years ago for me? Because I didn't know you existed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had uh, plantar fasciitis for two full years, you know, and went to, you know, went to the doc and he shot me up with stuff and it went away for a month and then it came back. And just in the, and, and it's the education piece that so interests me because I had to figure out why do I have this and where is it coming from? Because my podiatrist wasn't even trying to do that. He was just trying to deal with whatever my symptoms were. And I'm not really into taking naproxen, so I wouldn't do that. Um, and, uh, and, and it became obvious to me that a lot of it was actually coming from my hips. <laughs> it was coming from my hips and then my calves and then the front of my, you know, shins and the front and the top of my foot. And when I started really working on all of that, it went away. Yeah. It is usually where the pain is, that's the victim. And the victim right. is crying for help. But the perpetrator is somewhere else. Like 90% of the time. And that is when you're able to have that aha moment. Then it now you have my attention, right? It's like, hey, first the pain had my attention. I took care of the pain. But when you have that aha moment, well, now you have my curiosity. 
like how how did that happen? Again, going back to human psychology, human behavior, we focus on pattern recognition. And when we can figure out a pattern, well, it really stimulates this urge to want to learn. Um, and that's what we're trying to do, trying to help teach people. Um, we're trying to help people learn about their bodies and take control of their health. You know, redefining access to physical therapy will give people the opportunity to take a proactive approach to their health. And since 2020, with technology, with this surge of entrepreneurial mindset, um, entrepreneurial interests, a lot of people are very focused on, hey, I have these skills, I have this knowledge, um, I have this wealth of information that I want to share it with people because I want them to be autonomous of doing things that I'm capable of doing that give me autonomy and I want to share that. And so there's like this change in consumer behavior. There's this change in customer buying patterns. Really, people want to be in a little bit more control of everything that they have. I mean, even look at the privacy policy with phones and advertisements. It's it's this shift in the landscape that's, okay, well, if you're a business, um, you're just going to have to adapt to. Yeah. Um, man, I, first of all, the education piece is so big, man. Like there's so many things that I've already learned, uh, from being in the app, just simple exercises that you can do. And then also like when we're on the golf course and I'm telling you about my back or whatever, and you're, you know, you're saying, well, you can actually be too flexible in an area. Like, Maybe you need to strengthen those areas. And I never even thought about that because it feels really, really tight. Like I'm just constantly stretching it. But at some point it's like, well, wait, maybe I need to strengthen these areas and, you know, maybe stretch these other areas and kind of flip the script. So there's just a lot to learn, um, which is really cool. And and so now I kind of want to dive into like the product a little bit. So I'm curious, that first version of the product. You guys had this realization, we need to change the narrative around this stuff. Like people need a lot of education. How did you deliver that at first? You, I know you guys were making uh, posts on social media every day. So I am curious how that was for you. Like, how did you come up with ideas? Was it hard? Um, did you see immediate results? And then what was like that first kind of delivery? Was it like just... Uh, course was it a website was it one-on-one -on -one? like what was the first version and then we can kind of go from there yeah what a what a journey um <laughs> whew. so we yeah. graduated in 2017 and at that point we probably had give or take half a million followers on instagram alone and it was like hey we we could turn this into a legitimate business um let's give it a try but at the same time, we were pretty fired up. Just went to grad school for three years. Like, hey, it's time for us to also practice as well and, you know, be physical therapists. So to this day, I think how we were successful is we listened to the business. Uh, at that time, we had a really strong following of professionals that were sharing our exercises with their patients. With clients 
not only that, they were using it as a learning tool. So it was like, hey, we're going to put together an exercise video database of all of our Instagram posts. And we'll include the instructions. And then we'll give people the opportunity to build a program so that they can share it with their patients. Because even us, we were, man, just bolts on, hodgepodge. Hey, uh, check out these two YouTube videos. Check out these three Instagram posts. I'm going to send it to you in an email. Um, and then I'm going to add instructions under it. And it was, it was just all, you know, stapled together. That was the first product. And we still have that product to this day. It's a SaaS product that lives on our website designed for the professional so that trainers, physical therapists, chiropractors, athletic trainers, um, even physicians, they can provide home exercise programs to their patients. Uh, I, I wish I was joking with you, but you know, we, we went to a graduate program that had over six figures in tuition. And one of our exams was getting tested on drawing stick figures. And I'm like, this is the 21st century. How is a stick figure going to translate into the knowledge and education that I'm sharing with someone in person? How can I even feel confident that someone is going to be able to be autonomous with doing the exercises that they need to do? Spending one hour, maybe two hours a week with someone when there's what, like 168 hours in a week, it's like, that is such a small fraction. If they are not doing the things that you taught them correctly on their own, it's going to lead to bad outcomes and bad results potentially. So that was our first product. And that was what a mess that was. Um, but, you know, it, it helped to jumpstart us. It got us moving in the right direction and we got support and we learned a lot from it. That was the number one thing that I would just share is like, no matter what it is that you're developing, designing and doing, it's never going to be perfect. And even when you think it's really good in three months, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, oh, I'm glad that we rolled that up and threw that out. You know, like everything is just progress. So that was 2017. And then when we really kicked it off with rehab programs, like our MVP, that was probably late 2018 where we used a service that was a white label app that we could put our branding on it. We could add our exercises, programming to it, you name it. And that, again, listening to the business and people wanted more content. People wanted programming from us. And it was like, hey, we see the future being a mobile application. How can someone that wants help with their shoulder, how can they get you know, access to a quality physical therapy program from anywhere in the world and do it at any time, mobile application. So we rolled out with that and it was a pay per program model. So, hey, buy our shoulder program, buy our hip program, buy our low back program. From late 2018 all the way to the middle of 2020, probably developed 30, 30 programs, give or take. And it was, <laughs> they were all prehab programs. And we got into mobility, kind of entertained fitness. Um, but then we learned like, hey, eh, our bread and butter, who we are, what we do. We're in the physical therapy space. And like, you know, we, we teach you physical therapy and injury prevention exercises, fitness and high level performance. There's other people that really focus on that. And we can help with that, but that's not who we're known for. And then I would say... Uh, 2020 was when we realized that, hey, a lot of our users 
a lot of people had access to multiple programs. Um, but how how do we, you know, Bill, you brought this up. A lot of people, you guys have rehab stuff. Seems like people come to you for rehab. Having this one-off program model was not facilitating this rehab lifestyle, buying into being proactive. It was very much so reactive and then using it if and when you needed it. So, okay, we need to move to a subscription-based model where you get access to everything that we have, and we're going to develop programs, workouts, different features that are just going to promote people to use the app every single day to take a proactive approach to their health. And what a what a roller coaster that was. Uh, we probably did, you know, so many different interviews and research and development, like a year and a half, just to, hey, who should help us do this project? How are we going to do it? How do we make sure that we don't screw it up? Still to this day, we're a bootstrap company. Uh, we have full equity. We have not taken on any funding. Um, and that's just because we are... You know, we're pretty meticulous with our decision making and anything that goes up really fast comes down just as fast. Um, so <laughs> kind of focus on, hey, this is what we feel like is the right move. So we took our time with it and then we broke ground development wise, I would say late 2021 and worked with designers, worked with the development team. And then we had a beta in April of last year, 2022, connected with friends and family. They provided a ton of feedback. And then um, June, July, we started rolling the new product out to our uh, previous program purchasers. And, you know, we did that in staging. And then by like July, August of last year was when we announced it to the public. Um, so really the app is only, you know, still a very new product um and we're still very much so in that early adoption phase you know it's hey people just don't know that there's a resource out there like this but this week is very exciting we release a new feature called daily prehab and it's a movement snack it is hey i can open up the app i can learn one exercise and i can do it not only will I learn how to do it, but I'm going to learn the why and the rationale as to why this is an important exercise to do, how it would benefit me, and more importantly, okay, if I like this, where else can I go in the app to get more information like this? So movement snacks. We're, we're big fans of movement snacks. Uh, I tell patients all the time. And, and yeah, that's kind of the journey. Uh, it is constantly evolving. Uh, we went to school to be physical therapists, not to be a product-led uh, technology company. But hey, I wouldn't want to be doing anything different. Well, it's interesting. It feels to me like you get to be physical therapists, but to a whole lot more people than you would have if you just hung up a shingle, you know, and opened an office or went to work somewhere, you know? That is what I constantly... Uh, remind myself because my wife is a physical therapist, uh, full-time treating PT, whereas my day job does look a little bit different. Um, but with that said, you know, at this moment in time, that online SaaS product for professionals, you know, on average, I would say we're probably having give or take 
50,000 programs accessed on a monthly basis. So not only are we having the opportunity to work with people in person and also have hundreds of daily users on the app per day, or hey, we we have hundreds and hundreds of patients that we're basically helping on a daily basis. We're helping people. But not only that, you know, we're helping other professionals help their patients in the thousands on a monthly basis. And then we were, we had like a social media review uh, last quarter and we looked at, hey, what is like our total video um, impressions on a monthly basis? And it was like, you know, in quarter two, we averaged over 30, uh, 30 million video views a month. And I was like, you know, it's just, that's when you realize like, Hey, okay. As oh, we're doing, we're doing something right. Let's just hope it's positive influence, but we are, we are definitely redefining access to something, you know? So let's, let's keep doing it. So you said that when you guys, by the time you guys graduated in 2017, you had already been, um, posting on social media, on Instagram um, for a while, for two, three years by that point? Yeah, almost every yeah. single day for uh, for a year and a half at that point. For a year and a half, started, okay. We started and, in and at that point, and about And at that point, you got up to somewhere around half a million followers. Yeah. Um, what... Uh, what were you posting? What was it like to keep up with that? Um, how was that for you guys? Especially you were going to school, so it's not like you were just sitting around doing nothing else. Yeah, uh, man, fun times to go back to. So at that point in time, Instagram only had 15-second clips so or a photo. So, hey, we were just posting a clip of an exercise, and then we were providing education on it. And that was, it was pretty bare bones, simple. Uh, we did editing on iMovie or we just did editing in the app itself, uh, written description and, and that was it. And then we would reshare it to Facebook. We'd reshare it to Twitter and now X. So funny to call the thing X. And then, uh, came out with a YouTube video, uh, YouTube channel and then just republished all the videos there as well. So we were really dripping content. Um, just taking advantage of every single social media channel that was available. And as, as time went on, we still found a way to do it. It was really just Mike Arash and I for, I would say almost a solid year where we did all the, I mean, you were looking at the product team, you're looking at the marketing team, you're looking at the customer support team, you're looking at everything. And for at least a solid year. And then we started to get a little bit of help. Um, but how we did it was, Hey, we, we had one agreement, right? Post once a day. So what did that take? Well, we would meet at the school gym like after class or on the weekends. We would just pipe out filming for like two, three hours. It's like, hey, come ready. Charge your phone. Uh, bring equipment. Come prepared with uh, some storyboards. At that time, we weren't calling it storyboards. Come ready with videos. And Ross, you're up. All right, you're filming till you drop. And then when Arash needed a break, okay, Mike, film until you drop. All right, and then me. And then we would just cycle. And what's wild is our third year of school for one entire semester, Mike was actually in Beijing on one of his rotations. 
So we were on complete different time zones. And we had like this pocket of communication in the evening and then super early in the morning. And like for four months, that's how we just communicated. Like uh, Arash and I were in like part-time clinic, part-time class. Mike was on a full-time rotation, uh, but we still got it done. Still answered every single comment within a certain time frame. Still answered every single message. And like that stuff, it still goes on to this day. Um, engagements and gratitude and connection. Uh, some things, I mean, you can't just keep doing the same thing, hoping for the same results. But there are some things that you do have to stick to. Um, if you want to continue growing, especially in the social media space. Man, <clears throat> it's just such a good reminder that it's all about consistency and then everything follows. Cause I'm sure you guys, you know, you said earlier, actually something that I really, really liked, which was you just listened to, to the business and you were consistent when you needed to be and you listen to that, you listen to the views, you listen to the comments. You're just very, it's very an intimate thing, which allows for the right iteration, which has really led you to this point, along with I'm sure tons of blood, sweat and tears. Um, is there anything, well, rhetorical question, I guess, but is there anything that has surprised you? Like what has really surprised you so far in this? You know, like, did you, I guess another question is, did you have like a clear vision of where you wanted to be? And then you just created that? Or was it like, let's just do this piece, which led to this piece, which led to this piece. And what was kind of the most surprising? Great question. I would say what has been the most surprising is how rewarding it is to grow a team and and take on the responsibility of, you know, uh, maintaining the team and the herd and moving together in the right direction at the same time. Uh, managing, managing team men, team members, managing people, working with people. It is probably the most challenging yet rewarding skill. And I think Miles, we talked about this on the on the golf course, but. I am excited that so many more people are showing entrepreneurial interest. I just hope that a lot of those individuals are really blossoms into owning a business, even owning a small business and hiring people. Because to me, you can feel pretty confident that most business owners are, they're going to be patient to an extent. They're going to really be focused on communication and being kind to other people. You know, like way back in the day, how did how did people live within a community? They bartered services like, hey, this is what I do. I can help you with this. It looks like you do that. I could get your help. And then in return, I will trade you my business. And, you know, what that leads to is. If you wake up every single day um, and you find a worthy cause to invest your time in, you're very passionate about that service. And you're really passionate about delivering that service. And what that means is 
when you share that service with someone, and then more importantly, when you receive a service that you need, I think you're just a little bit more appreciative and grateful for receiving that service and like appreciating the time and effort that goes into it. Um, so by far, just learning how to like run a business, operate a business, and, and working with team members is by far the most surprising and rewarding thing because it is it, it can be very fragile. And, you know, team is everything. I, I grew up playing sports. Uh, ironically, now I grew up only playing team sports versus now, you know, I play golf and I do endurance sports. Um, but even then, even when I am playing a sport that is very much so influenced and like I control my destiny in terms of performance, the reality is it is still more enjoyable when you do it with people, you know? So, right, like there's still community like yeah. in it, even. Yeah. yeah. So, great question, and yeah, by far that's the most uh, rewarding part. I'll make you bet that uh, I maybe I'm wrong, but I'll make you bet they didn't teach you about that in uh, PT school. No, I mean that's um that's what concerns me, and that's what I tried to teach, and that's what I tried to talk to every single person that wants to go to PT school. When I was applying to PT school, you know, the people that I looked up to and the people that I wanted to connect with, it's not like they asked me wrong questions. It was a matter of they only asked me questions really related to the craft and the skill and the profession itself. But nowadays, it's like, we're in the service industry. Uh, what, what soft skills do you have? Do you enjoy helping people? You enjoy collaborating with people. Um, and, and why do you want to be a PT? Like it's, you're not, someone has knee pain. You're not, you're not like providing just this like manual intervention. You're not providing this like therapeutic exercise. What you're doing is you're consulting with the person and you're helping them problem solve why they have knee pain. And you're just a trail guide to how to move and how not to move. And those soft skills that's, you know, that's why experience matters. You know, it's, I think it's one thing to hear experience matters. It's another thing to, okay, years later, you get that experience. You're like, ah, okay, I get it. I really need to like, I need to listen to my elders. I need to listen to these wise people. It is interesting to me. Um, I've had several doctors as clients. Um, and I, and I always ask them too. I mean, look, medicine at any level, whether it's PT or, a family practitioner or hospitalist, anything. It's a very challenging business. Like the business of it is really hard, you know, because the system is, well, it's a little bit messed up. I'll just leave it at that. Um, it's a really hard business and business school is not part of the training at all. Um, even, you know, any of it. And like you said, those soft skills, I mean, uh, unfortunately I have met and even worked with a few doctors that, you know, that's what we really had to work on because they didn't have that. Um, and they're all really smart. You got to be smart <laughs> to get through that. I mean, you, uh, you are a smart dude just to get through the school part. You know, not everybody can do that. But you're so right. Those skills that it takes to actually run a business and put together a team that really works. I don't know. I may... I may have to say hats off to you for 
figuring that out and sort of learning that even more than the amazing product that you have created. Well, thank you for the kind words, but I, I would want to piggyback off of that where what's wild is I think just like uh, my business partners and I, we probably tick just a little bit different than the average PT, but what, what we're not afraid to stress, which not everyone might agree with is it's not getting people better. is not about being the smart PT or not. You would be baffled. Uh, Bill, I could, if you had knee pain, I could give you the wrong exercises, but if you and I just really hit it off and, uh, you know, we clicked, you trusted me, uh, you didn't have any concern in my confidence. I'd be like, this guy knows what he's doing and he's going to get me better. Like, uh, this doesn't really feel too great right now. Um, but you know what? I, I trust this guy. I like this guy versus I could be like the smartest PT giving you the perfect program to get you better. But if we didn't hit it off and if I didn't sound confident, um, I just didn't have soft skills, you would be questioning uh, why am I doing this? Uh, what is this guy doing? Like, uh, does he know what he's doing? And you can convince yourself into feeling a certain way, and you can absolutely convince yourself to to feel a different way. Um, so th- that part is pretty wild in medicine. Yeah, I mean, you might give me all the wrong exercises, but you and I really get along, and my knee stops hurting. Yeah. <laughs> Now, yeah. I, I feel confident that we have the right exercises in the right programs on the app. Um, but yeah, I'm, food, I, did, yeah food, I didn't mean it that way, but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's a very interesting concept. Like, like again, we're in the service industry. So, Yeah. Craig, it's really cool to take a look behind the scenes a little bit and see how you've built this really cool like industry changing product and community. Um, we ask everyone this question. It's a little bit loaded, but I am pretty curious about you. Are you more, would you say you're more introverted or extroverted? Well, my wife absolutely swears I'm extroverted. I think sometimes I think I'm introverted, but the minute that she explained to me, uh, at least her angle on it. She's like, where do you get your energy from? And I was like, Oh, okay. All right. Uh, the minute that I'm around people, I get pretty fired up. And, um, you know, my uncle who taught me how to golf, a very close relationship with my uncle, man, that guy, he would talk to anyone and everyone to the point that it would just make you kind of feel uncomfortable. Um, but being around <laughs> him, being around him long enough, um, now I feel like I'm probably the, the same way for the most part, as long as I'm in the mood. Um, but more often than not, I would say definitely extroverted, uh, uh, very passionate about what it is, uh, that we do, uh, for what I do. And, you know, it's, uh, man, what stupid, silly trend right now. It's like, do you think about Rome? My wife asked me that the other day and I was like, why is this even trending? But I will say, I don't understand that at all. I, I will say, I do, I do really like um, stoicism, and you know, probably like my favorite. The one thing that I try to remind myself is like the one quote from Marcus Aurelius is like, "Hey, what did you? Was your purpose to wake up and like stay comfortable in bed? 
right? Or like, no, that's that's not your purpose. Um, I, I know what my purpose is, and that is to help redefine access to physical therapy. And what's going to help that is being extroverted and telling people about it. <laughs> nice. There you go. So <laughs> that's awesome. There you go. Well, so uh, the app is relatively new, little over a year. Um, it's doing well. It's growing. What's next? So this week, uh, daily prehab. You know, we're we're really excited about that feature, and yeah, it's just learning. It's it's listening, it's learning, and it's adapting. Uh, what we were doing when we first started is very different than what we're doing now. And social media, where it was seven years ago, is very different than where it is now. Uh, so you have to. Uh, what another cliche? Don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> Social media is just another game. Uh, mm-hmm. Business is yeah. a game. You just kind of have to know the rules. Yeah. You have to accept that the rules change. Um, but okay, how do you adapt to the change in rules, and how are you going to adapt your strategy to play the game? I love that. Well. I, I can already tell you, Craig, we're we're going to call you in a year. <laughs> Do this again because I want to find out where things are then. Yeah, yeah. And there's sounds like there's really no slowing down. I mean, you're not you're not like. I really like that you're kind of you're taking the slower, longer. Like you're thinking long term. You have a mission, and you're, it doesn't matter how long it takes. You're making um, smart decisions and moves. Uh, but I don't see that stopping anytime soon. So excited to see where that goes. Yes, you and I both. Um, it will, every, every day is different, um, but things are moving in the right direction. And uh, I also have that mentality, like nothing gold can stay. Um, so anything can happen and will happen. Um, but with that mindset, it does help to slow you down and just be grateful what it is that you're doing. Um, what it is that you have accomplished. Um, it, it doesn't mean that we have to be satisfied with it, but at the same time, it will help to maintain uh, that the compass is pointed in the right direction and that, and that we can trust the compass. Man, I can't, you just, you just got all outsiders with your quote there. Nothing gold can stay. Yeah. <laughs> stay gold, pony boy. That's right. Stay gold. I know. <laughs> That's right. So. Man, thank you so much for spending time with us. And uh, I, I'm actually, I'm going to see you in your app later today. So I will, we'll follow up. We'll I'll make sure that uh, we get you taken care of. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, listen to my story and, you know, helping to share my story. The world is overwhelming. We're constantly being pulled in a million directions and it's only going to get worse. So much of what we're sold online is about planning, strategizing, and thinking. But doing is the hardest and most important part. The box is where projects get finished. In the box, you'll organize, prioritize your projects, and finish what you start. You won't learn anything new. You'll simply get a lot done and be a part of a small community of doers. Go to theboxworkshop.com.
Hey, thanks for listening today. We can't do this without the support of our listeners. So please leave us a review or sign up for our newsletter at subtleartofnotyelling.com.